Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Ridge Community Church Podcast. My name is John. I'm one of the pastors on staff at the Ridge, and our vision is to bring the hope of Jesus into every home. So as a piece of that, our goal each week is to bring you something that's hopeful and helpful. So subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any hopeful and helpful conversations. Well, hey, everyone, and thanks for listening to this week's podcast episode. We're continuing a conversation from last week's episode with Jody Tonarelli about building trust. And in the second part of our conversation, I got to ask Jody about her many years working as a journalist, conducting over 20,000 interviews. As you can imagine, she's learned a lot over the course of those interviews, and she shared some of those insights with us. So this is the part two of my conversation with Jody. Okay, so I want to I go to the second part of that question about building trust. Your background in, um, maybe you can give us, can you give us a quick flyover of your background in, uh, in journalism and news, stuff like that? Uh, sure. How far back do you want to go? When I was two, I knew <laughs> my mom has pictures of me standing in our kitchen with a wooden spoon looking like it was a microphone. So there's that. Uh, yeah. In college, my degree was in broadcast journalism and political science. I competed nationally in public speaking. Uh, and the team I was on was top five in the country. So it was just something that was always in me. Um, started uh, as a news reporter and anchor right out of college in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, market 274 at the time. So itty bitty, making barely enough money to have a, my own apartment and working crazy hours. Um, 9-11 happened. And just got a real sobering, and that was all within the first few months of me reporting. So that was, wow. that was yeah, it was a, a different story for a different day, but a crash course, and just convicted me that I really wanted to do it, uh, or I th- or so I thought until God changed my plans. Yeah. Came to Milwaukee, worked for a couple of years in Milwaukee, uh, had an opportunity that I never thought I would get, and went to work in Los Angeles for five years uh, at KFI, which is the largest news talk station in the country. So got a really amazing uh, life experience and just had an opportunity to develop some independence uh, that I never would have had otherwise. And then came back and worked for six years uh, in Milwaukee again uh, at WTMJ radio and had a wonderful experience there. And then God just created a landmine uh, that I never saw coming. And uh, it called me here to the Ridge, which I'm so grateful for. Yeah. And a lot of people are grateful for that calling. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So just give me a rough ballpark. How many interviews do you think you've done? Um, Over 15 years, probably like we talking hundreds, we talking thousands. Oh, no, like, like like twenty thousand probably. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, like, I was. I had a. You know when you have a number in your mind and then someone yeah. just goes out of the water. That just happened. Okay. Just mind blown. All right. So it okay, was a so, routine part multiple times a day every day for fifteen. Yeah. So we haven't even hit fifty podcasts yet. So I'm under fifty. All right. So uh, if if you want to just take over and lead the conversation for the rest, I totally understand. <laughs> no, uh, you're you killing it, my friend. <laughs> killing it. Okay. So you're having these interviews with people. I'm sure you have plenty of stories of where you needed to build trust quickly, or maybe you can even share where you're like, you didn't build trust and it didn't work or something like that. But how did you build trust quickly with people? I don't know that let them feel comfortable sharing with you. 
Um, it's a both and. So I will say um, there's been times where you have to look a parent in the eye after their child has been killed uh, that I just, you know, you can't sleep at night and you shouldn't be able to sleep at night after something like that. It should bother you. Yeah. No, not everybody would agree with that, right? That's just me. Uh, sure. Or I can remember um, the face of this this man who had just lost his house to a wildfire. And he was at um, this facility, like an emergency evacuation center. And I I ended up talking to him about seeing on the news, right, the news feed that was coming into this evacuation center that his house for sure had burned down. And this was within, you know, moments of him realizing that. And it's this weird tension to go, I, w- I want your story to matter, but you don't want to be abusive about being intrusive. So I think it's recognizing the moments when the story can wait uh, because the human matters more and, and just letting them tell it at their pace or coming back and getting the rest later uh, and tell it, you know, asking what they're comfortable with now and coming back to get the rest later. It's why I loved radio so much. I think it's just a different kind of medium that allowed the freedom to do that. Um, the, the biggest thing for me was to make whoever was in front of me, especially if they were sharing something that was deeply personal or emotional, understand that they were more than just a soundbite and that their story actually did matter that their story could have a bigger impact than just being the soundbite of the day. And I think empathy is a huge piece of that or actually paying attention to the answer and focusing everything you've got and looking them in the eye and just letting them know I'm, I'm locked in on you right now. And anything could happen around us, but what you're saying to me is the most important thing in my world right now. I don't think there's a way to actually fake that, that another human just a few feet from your face wouldn't be able to sense. Um, and, and if it is smarmy and if it is done for the wrong reasons, you won't get the answer, the same answer. And whether it's a tragedy, like I mentioned, or um, I've gone on five honor flights, which is just some of the best days of my whole life, even now. And to look these war heroes, these men who have seen horrific things in the face and ask them when they haven't even told their own children yet to ask them to share with me. Um, it's been an amazing thing. I remember this one guy uh, was a grave digger in World War II. Literally, that was his job. And decades later, he had used the grief and his own personal faith, he's a Christian, to morph into being a poet. And it was just this bizarre juxtaposition, but like you had to crack the shell of he had seen what he had seen to get to the beauty of what of what he was willing to share when he opened up and the poetry that, you know, he didn't think was okay for this strong war hero to ever share Um, and something magical about how God moved that day and it has allowed him. And, and well beyond just that, that honor flight, he continues to be uh, involved in writing more and more poetry even today. But you just see the power of somebody's story and being able to yeah. emotionally access it is an amazing thing. Amazing thing. What do you need to let go of in order to do that? What do you need to let go of in order to 
I don't know, truly listen, truly ask the questions that matter. Does that question make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, again, I say this in a way that uses professional experience to, de- to determine where it's going. So I say this because um, I was there and I am no longer. I think so often um, there are members of the media today that that go into a story and go into an interview already knowing the story that they want to tell on the other side of the interview. And I, I just don't think that's honoring the person that's in front of you, whether they are a politician, somebody who's gone through the best day of their life, the worst day of their life, um, right? We, you really do get a front row to history being, being in that role. Um, but it's not your job to determine what the history is. You have to honor the process and let the story be determined by the person that's in front of you. So for me, a key was never going in, uh, assuming I was going to come out with anything. It was really the evolution of the person's answers. And I think when you're really listening, um, you ask better follow-up questions. And sometimes that's where the best stuff comes. Uh, And it's also where they can tell that you don't have an agenda and you are really listening. Uh, so that's been key. And then what was the second part of it? The question? I feel like there was a second part. Well, yeah, I, well, real quick, I do think that, you know, you mentioned that the side from the media, um, I think that's something that every single person can take to heart, not just the media, because mm-hmm. I think that a lot of us talk with people and we think they know, we think we know their story, uh, or we think we know how the story is going to end, or we think we know the reasoning behind why they did that. Um, and I think that's true for every person, because I think that's to some extent human nature. We fill in the gaps with our mind. Um, and so I, I, I love that you um, mentioned this idea of kind of letting that, like l- assume nothing, you know, don't come in with the story already told, be willing to have them tell their story, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is really, really your job anyway. Right. Um, so I love that. Uh, I think that was, I think that was the heart of. Oh, the, the other side, the one other thing I was going to say kind of along those lines is there are times where you, you want to empathize with who's, whoever is in front of you because theirs is a story to tell. And then there are other times where you kind of alluded to this earlier, uh, where the job is to ask the hard questions of whoever is in front of you and to hold them accountable because you're advocating for the people who are in their car at their home or are the listeners, right? It's their side of the story that, that is the most significant thing. Uh, And for me, the key there is to try to understand those people who are, have a vested interest in getting an accurate answer enough uh, that you're willing to stand up for them and advocate for them and not take a smarmy or a BS answer. You're going to keep going and fighting for them or what you presume to be the answer they desire, no matter what it is, right? It could be either side. I'm not going to tell you what the answer is, but I'm going to keep fighting until I get what I feel like is an honest answer because they they're owed one or they deserve one. Um, And that was something else that was important to me too. I, I, I don't know why my mom always said that I have the right screw loose to do the job. Um, (laughs) I don't know what that means, but um, you know, I just never was intimidated by someone's rank or title, um, whether that's a politician or a business person or whatever. 
there's a there's a level of humanity um, that everybody has. And if that person is in a position of power and impacting the lives of other people, then there is an accountability to be to be had. And I I think advocating for transparency is something that I, God just wired me with. Again, I, I, I'm okay not liking your answer as long as it's the honest one. Let me hear it. I, I, I can put on my big girl pants and go to work and hear whatever you've got to say, but at least be forthright enough to tell me to my face. Don't try and hide it. Yeah. That's, a, that's what's interesting is like when we, when we talk about building trust with, with people, uh, a lot of that has to do with us sharing our own like stories as well and stuff like that and us being able to share and um, being transparent in the way that we hope that they'll be transparent with us. Uh, is that something that, because the answer may be no, I have no idea. Is that something you had, you tried to incorporate when you would interview people? Would you have to, would you give them a little background to know that? Or was it kind of like you just kind of had to be in business mode? I think more often than not, I would find myself asking questions saying, Hey, I'm not the expert here. Yeah. That's why I'm asking this or really um, asking for a little bit more in depth or clarification questions, because I, again, that would allow them to see that I was really interested in whatever it was they were trying to describe. I'm thinking like medical stories or scientific stories or um, like a new business with a new product, whatever the case may be, right? Like they are the expert and I am not. Um, and, and same thing with people we're trying to invest in. They are the experts in their own lives. We are not. Um, I, just as a parent, I can't tell you how many times um, people like to give out parenting advice. And I was so guilty of doing that too, right? Just such a personal, real thing. Or maybe marriage advice, John, Mr. Newlywed, right? Relationship <laughs> advice, whatever it is. Dating advice. I don't oh, know. People, people never Yeah, yeah, yeah. So whatever it is, right? You're just going to dish it out because you, you think, it's helpful until you're the other person and you're having that advice thrown at you unsolicited or that information that you think you're the expert on uh, unsolicited. And it's like, wow, I've had some really harsh things said to me uh, when it comes to parenting in particular, but pick, pick whatever it is for you. Um, and I just, uh, one of my goals is to never, ever, ever give unsolicited parenting advice again, just because it, again, when we're talking about, you know, why don't they trust a Christian? Maybe they've been wounded by a Christian in a way that I don't, I don't want to be the Christian that does the wounding, right. That gives that advice. That's unsolicited. If it's asked for what, you know, that's a totally different ball game, but unsolicited, sure where you're placing your values or your judgment or your shoulda, coulda, wouldas on somebody else um, in a way that hasn't been sought after is a dangerous thing to do because they aren't, you know, especially if they are a Christian, they haven't signed up for the same rule book that you have. Yeah. I think that one of the things that it's been recently kind of just a captivating thought for me is what question is the person actually asking? And there's a whole, it's a whole like a life different element thing. Right. But yes, yes. If, if they're internally asking the question, you know, how do I parent? Then maybe parenting advice is helpful for them in that moment. But if they're asking the question, like, how do I deal with this tremendous anxiety I have about being a parent, then parenting advice is just adding to the anxiety. 
you know, cause it's just another level of not measuring up now as I'm not a parent. So I, you, you can bill in that, but, um, <laughs> you know, uh, okay. One of the common ones and, um, so yeah, one of the common ones I think is that people are always assuming that people are constantly worrying about where, what will happen when they die, mm. you know? And that's kind of like been the playbook for, for Christians for, you know, 2000 years is that people are constantly thinking about what happens when they die. And I'm sure people think about that, you know, occasionally, but I think me that too. me too. <laughs> yeah. And but I think the, I know the answer, but me right, too. Right, right. But the vast majority of people aren't thinking about that daily. You know, they're thinking about the problems that they're facing or things they're doing. And so, um, you know, and this may not even fit in this conversation, but it was just stirred by what you were, by, by what you were sharing. But when we think through what we're talking to someone about, are we sharing the things that the, with the questions that they're actually asking, you know, if they're, if they need help, talk to them about hope. Don't talk to them about something that has nothing to do with hope or the politics in the world that are stressing you out. That's not giving them more hope. <laughs> it's, it's really that, and it does, it sounds granular, but it's not. I think that is such a big, big, big opportunity that we have as we're looking to develop these relationships and invest in them in an intentional way. Do you want to be who they nitpick with? Sure, that could develop a camaraderie. Mm. Who, they, who they're catty with, who they're gossiping with, who they're if you know man bashing their husband with, whatever. But if you go down that road, man, that's the bucket that you're in in their mind. You don't represent the hope and the light of the world that we're called to be. So it's not just intentionally investing. It's stewarding those relationships in a God-honoring way and, and holding yourself to a higher standard because of what you pray the outcome will be. And I, again, I think it goes back to, um, and it's hard work, man. It isn't easy, right? It's fun to go down a rabbit trail every once in a while, but really it's, it's what God is asking and calling us to do. And then realizing that he's put us here for more than just um, that moment, but really again, to, to hopefully be an instrument that impacts somebody's life for eternity. And you don't want everything to feel like this oppressive weighty moment from God. I don't, I don't mean to say that, but um, it's also the sobering reality of look, these, these people matter to God and he's put them in your path and he's asking for you to understand that they matter to you too, because they matter to him. And, and you have to treat the relationship as such to deny it is to just, um, again, to waste an individual calling to God's mission. You know, I could probably ask a thousand more questions, but uh, that was so good right there <laughs> that we have to end it there because anything I, anything I follow up with is just not going to be as good. So. Oh, okay. I'll take it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jody. Really appreciate it. I love your answers. Love your perspective. So valuable. Thanks, Brian. Well, that was my conversation with Jody, And I think that there are two big takeaways for me and they both involve hearing someone's story. The first is to never make assumptions about someone's story. You don't really know it until you hear it. And the second takeaway for me was to listen to someone's story and find out what they're really struggling with, because it might not be the thing that you think it is. Well, thanks for listening to this week's episode, and be sure to follow or subscribe so that you don't miss any hopeful and helpful conversations.